Hey everybody, thanks for listening. This is another episode of the Pavelcast, episode 3 with Justin Zimmerman, brought to you by sponsors. Sponsors, we don't have any, but we love them. We talk about Breckenridge, how Justin hustled his way through high school during ski school, his botany degree, his work um, with engineering plants, and at the Salk Institute, also the cancer research he's been doing. We talk about Liverpool, EPL, his brother doing a 200-mile race. Is that even possible? 200 miles? Apparently it exists. We talk about his hot tip, which is don't give away your DNA data to commercial companies like 23andMe. Uh, we talk about his diet. We talk about Topu and how awesome surfing is. Finally, we mention Bo the Doucher. Follow him on Instagram, B-E-A-U. T-H-E-D-O-U-C-H-E-R. He's a beautiful, handsome dog, and he deserves our love. All right, everybody, come on in. Let's have some fun. Um, we should lay beats. <laughs> Do shit like that. Welcome, welcome, one and all, to another episode of the Podcast. We're live from La Jolla with my boy, Justin Zimmerman. That's Jay Z. Thanks for joining us, everybody. We're we're also joined by Beauregard. Yeah, we have a special four-legged guest today. He's a happy dog. So why did you name him Beauregard? Um, when I got him, you know, he's a puppy and a French for handsome young man. I thought Bo was a good dog name. So then I made it formal with Beauregard. He's not that fancy, but if you need him to be, you can put it. You can give him his full name. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's a pretty awesome dog. He's uh, black, very black. Half Border Collie, half Unknown. And um, Dad was Rolling Stone. This was like, uh, do you think this was a Me Too dog? It was that? a hit and run. Oh, goodness. <laughs> The best thing is Bo doesn't know, doesn't care. No, not at all. Mom was very nurturing. I met her. Sorry. Yeah, so he's pretty awesome. I, uh, you know, let's tell the people how we know each other. We're coming to you live from La Jolla. It's Saturday. It's happy hour. Here we are with Jay-Z. Uh, Jay-Z and I met, I don't know, a friend or a friend. Because I got a bunch of buddies that work in the Picnic. Company picnic. That was the first time. That's right. Yeah. And then, and then when I moved back here, we actually lived together for a little while. Not even that little. <laughs> for a while now, yeah. You're on the block, the La Jolla connection. And then here we are in La Jolla. Um, tell the people what you, you know, what do you do? Yeah, my background, I'm a... Uh, from Colorado for high school and college, and then I moved out to San Diego and I do drop science. Working at the what Salk kind of Institute, science? doing nonprofit academic research based off of government grants, which are funded by us taxpayers. Oh. Trying to cure all kinds of ailments. Um, the Institute works on everything from Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, metabolic disorders, autism, but I do cancer research. So they're focused on like understanding the biology of humans? One of the biggest initiatives recently is the Brain Initiative, which is really exciting and not something I'm part of, but um, they're trying to map the brain 
Which is one of the unknown frontiers, the human body. What does it mean to map the brain? So all those connections in your brain is like the most complicated I mean, like computer billions ever lives. made. I don't do this work. Because yeah. even to think about it, I get upset. I start to think about the rabbit hole and how daunting of a task it would it be. Yeah. But they're trying to map the connections, whether it be your happiness when you have a hamburger or your sadness when you lose a loved one. Mm-hmm. They're trying to map all the connections within the brain, which is really, really difficult. Everything from your pain receptor initiatives to your emotions are all connected through neurotransmitters. Right. To initially, the signal which affects you physiologically all starts from this supercomputer. Right. And they're working on that. It's like a 10-year study, and they're trying to map the brain. How much do we understand today very little like one percent two percent that's what they say yes that's a great question quantitatively to put it would be a hard hard answer um even even for what i do which is the protein interactions is way down on that level and it's we still have a long way to go right so i would say the brain we've scratched the surface i mean that's not fair because i don't know enough about neurology to say how far we are Hmm. I'd like to think we're 20, 30%, but my skepticism says we're at 10%. Yeah. Interesting. Of understanding what pathways are activated within your emotions or even your sleep patterns, you know, yeah. everything. How do they, do you know how they measure that stuff? I don't. It's a fascinating question. They but probably do MRIs and whatever for the imaging. Yeah, and it's a, co- a collective study amongst many institutions that was initiated from the past administration with Obama. It's called mm. the Brain Initiative. Mm-hmm. So there's like Berkeley's working on it, Salk's working on it, all kinds of things. What's the first thing you said? Burke? Berkeley. Oh, the, Berkeley. The, yeah, the school. Is a lot of the is most of the funding and direction you guys get come from the government? Yes, NIH and NSF are the funding um, sources for most basic research. Whether you're at the University of Minnesota, or you're at Harvard, or you're at the Salk Institute, you're primarily funded off government grants. Mm-hmm. And grant writing is an awful process, and I think it takes a lot of great minds out of science because you have to write your budget proposals as well as your grants and it's very difficult mm. but if you can do the writing and the science you can get grants and that's that's what it takes to be a um, and a grant you gotta like say like i'm gonna try to solve this question yeah. they're gonna be like oh this is a cool question yeah can they do it uh, maybe all right we'll give them money so in bethesda maryland nih has very great experts reading your proposals yeah and interpreting and scoring them and it's not off of a single person either. It's like a group. A group. And it's anonymous, hopefully. Or maybe not. Yeah, it is in, in terms of the review. And then you get a score. And then that's decided whether you are funded or not. And you have to do progress reports. It's really hard. Um, it's pretty stringent. I don't think the rest of the government has the checks and balances that the science institutes are required to provide. Yeah. I have to show progress in all of our research studies that we get funding for. Otherwise, the funding stops. Stops, yeah. It's very competitive too. Oh, I bet. Yeah. It's like the, for the big ones. But like even just for NIH or N- is it NIH? I think it's like thirty billion annually budget. Mm. So that's a lot of money. And if you give a, an engineering lab at MIT half a million, they could do some stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's where Google came from. That's where a lot of these great things yeah, that we it came have. From grad school. They come from research, academics, you know, nonprofit. Government funding is empirical or imperative for our progress as a society in terms of patenting drugs, 
technology yeah. findings. This these are the sources that we need to fund. Do you think we sh- like what? Do you have an opinion on? Should we be funding more? Yes. Just should be spending uh, so much less on our military budget and yeah. throwing money at this. We would be so much wealthier. So much wealthier. How? But it's like a long-term return. I mean, obviously, it doesn't happen right away. Right. right. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Bill Gates and shit, like, he's got a lot of money. Did a great job. He's helped out. You know, he made... He came out with the personal computer at the right time. He sold it at the right price. I bought one in college. Sure. And uh, he sold it for a lot of money, I believe, and he's done great things. Well, my point is he's got this whole, like, he's trying to, like, which I think is noble, solve, like, major problems in the developing world. I think he's fallen into the line of Bill Gates and... um, you know Warren Buffett. Yeah, and he's he's a bit younger, and he's thinking. You know, I should do something. I think it's great. He has the money. I'm just wondering why those guys don't throw more money into like fundamental research. And I might not know. Maybe no, they, they do. Yeah, they do. Yeah, I mean, I think they do more aid right now. Yeah. Globally, they're not really worried about us at the Salk Institute. Fair enough. You know? Yeah. I think Bill is more about giving people the drugs they need in Africa. Which is fair enough. Whoa! Welcome to the dog show. Um, tell me about... So you, you mentioned you grew up in Colorado. Where in Colorado? I did high school in Breckenridge and then college in Fort Collins. How old were you when you moved to Breckenridge? Fifteen. How was that? Loved it, you know. Um, did you move in the winter? Or the yeah, summer? I did move in the winter. And it is a long, it's an eight-month winter. Mm-hmm. Straight up, like, just... And even when it starts to thaw out... Like, all the snow is melting, so it's just muddy. and Yeah. But you get a couple months of the most beautiful time of the year. Where it's 75 degrees, and the flowers are blooming, the rabbits are running around, there's deer, and, you know, it's just stunning. How many... Is it, like, a small place? Oh, when I moved there, there was no lights, and it was cobblestone street. For me, it's remote, that kind of thing. So, yeah, I mean, it, it was beautiful and stunning, and I wish it was the same now, but it's just not in... A lot of people profited that I, I grew up with because of it, the development. What do they do? Is they sell the land? Well, they bought their houses or Gee. like work in the um, the resort industry. Almost everyone does there. Unless you do your kind of work where you can work remotely. There's very few people that can live up. Right, and in the 90s, that wasn't really a thing yet. Yeah, yeah no. So you, you worked, worked on a resort as well, right? You've told me before. Breckenridge Ski Resort, Kinderhut Ski School for seven years, high school and college. They treated me well, paid me like an adult, was able to provide myself for high school and college. So, but this Hard is work. only doing the ski season, obviously. Which is very long. Yeah. Six months, at least. Yeah. How'd you get So then, on the other time, worked in restaurants and supermarkets. You fucking had to hustle. Had probably three jobs at a time, sometimes. That's a work ethic. They're lucky to have you at the Salk Institute. Yeah, but, you know, most people are from other parts of the world and they work and live their life for work. Not in Italy. They like to chill there. No. Or the South There's no Salk Institute in Italy. And there won't be. Um, God right. bless them. No, no. I love the food. Love the culture. Italy, if you're listening, we love you. Yeah. You know, send us a letter. Yeah, keep it up. Um. All right. But I'm actually... So you just had to teach... I learned to ski... When I was, I don't know, like 20-something, I thought I knew how to ski because in Russia, I skied for gym, but it was cross-country. 
Mm. And the first time I showed up in New Jersey on a mountain, my buddy's like, let's go ski. I'm like, oh, okay, you know, I don't like adrenaline, but I know how to ski, I'll go. I didn't know this. Well, you ski fine. Clearly you had a background. So I got up there on that mountain in New Jersey, and I just like, I barely got down. I basically like flew down, <laughs> made a pirouette, and ended up at the bottom and did not go back up again. Because I never took, this was a bunny hill, but I never even hit a bunny hill. So, like, later on at Big Bear here in California, I actually took lessons or whatever. Oh. And that's when they taught me, you know, pizza pie, but pizza pie, and then, like, whatever, the other thing, and then you just kind of learn. It's good, huh? So, but is it hard to teach kids? No. Because they know how to, it comes right away? Yeah, I just get on my hands and knees and put their tips together and show them the pie and that kind of thing, and they were really good at it. It's just harder than body. You're on the mountain all day. Well, it's you. not just the body. It's the wind and the, the sun. But yeah, being out at 10,000 feet. How many hours would you spend teaching Eight hours. Day? It's like a camp? Uh, ski school. So parents want to go skiing and they're wealthy. Yeah. So they come and they drop their kids off at between 7 and 8 a.m. Yeah. And then they come back at 4 p.m. after they're done. And then you just... You, I had them the whole time. I ski them, I take them to lunch, and then I sit them down for a movie, and then I take them skiing. How there. many people in your group? 20, 25. And it's like different every time? The, oh, my instructors? No. With your students? Oh, yeah. Always different, yeah. They're, not They're there for consistent. a week sometimes. Okay. Yeah. So you make some relationships, but these are not like no. someone you teach for years on years. No, some of the locals would bring their kids to me. Yeah. But, you know. there I had one special needs kid. His mom worked on the mountain. I would get him a bunch. He'd come nice. In. Yeah. It was really... It was very fulfilling work. And I got paid very well to do it. Can you take him on the big black back? I would diamonds? take him up every once in a while when I deemed a child worthy. Ready. <laughs> yeah, worthy. Like ready, too. ready. The worthy is wrong. Had the right at no, it wasn't. I had the right attitude and was ready. And had the skill set. And had the skill set. Yeah, I would be like, all right, um, you know, so and so has got the classes this afternoon. I'll take them up for two runs or him up for two runs or her for like super black super diamond double. Yeah. Well, no, no, I wouldn't do that. No. They're two and a half to seven, so I'd take them on a, a blue run or a green run or something. You snowboard and ski or no? I did both. Yeah. yeah. What Taught did you do ski. when we went out last time? Snowboarding. Yeah, you snowboarded. Yeah, I snowboarded. But you liked, so you like snowboarding more? Yeah, I haven't skied recreationally but since I was... But you taught skiing. I taught skiing. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. And when I taught, I skied. Just because I could pick them up. You had two skis versus just the board. It was yeah. harder, so I would ski when I taught. Well, yeah, I was. Uh, mm. Life in Breckenridge, skiing, you know, and then going to high school at the same time, and then working in a restaurant at night, renting rooms from friends' parents. It's a tough life. But then, so then you decided to go to college. For college, yeah. To How to go in state, you know, just to get the discount. And what did you get a bachelor's in? Um, biology and botany. What did they teach you in, in botany? Oh, I know. Plant physiology, Krebs cycle, photosynthesis. Like it's, all, it's like biology focused on plants. Yeah. yeah. Also, I mean, so much more. Like soil science I took. Atmospheric science. Um, yeah. Like the anatomy of plants. The How did you decide to do it? Ah, uh, you know, I just always love plants. I mean, you know this. Yeah. And, uh, I just got into botany, and when I finished college, I started in plant genetics doing um, 
at the sulk and then then i only got into mammalian uh cancer research after that but yeah i've drawn to it i wouldn't mind doing plant botany is different from horticulture yeah i was gonna ask what's the difference yeah because i think people think about horticulture a lot where they do lawns and they and farming. design your house and your farming which is agricultural science is a whole nother beast too Botany is a bit more of the biological side of it. It's almost like cell biology. I see. It's yeah. fundamental stuff. It is. It's not like how do you engineer yourself a farm to Right. So I worked on engineering plants. Actual plants. Actual plants for drought tolerance. How do you do that? Increase yields. Um, you create mutants within the, um, the genome. And when you find a phenotype that's important, like you lose a trait, then you literally learn to focus on that trait. So drought tolerance, for example, um, you identify the genes required and then you overexpress them. Mm. Yeah, I, th I think I understand. But like physically, when you do run these experiments, you're actually like taking plants and planting them and then like you're making it really dry and yeah. see who survives. Yeah, see who lives. And then the one that lives, you're like, okay, he's drought tolerant. Exactly. She. And then what do you do? Then you follow up. You identify the genes responsible. You just sequence it or something? You do. Yeah. And compare it to the other ones? Yeah, and that's the thing. In plants, it's really easy to change the genetic makeup. I can make seven different variants of Pavel. If know, I was a plant? If you were a plant. And then test which one was drought tolerant. Why is it easy? Or how do you do it? Rather? It's just easier to turn genes on and off within a plant than it is in a human. Mm. Even a mouse is way easier. We can genetically engineer a mouse like that. Mm. But now we can do it in humans. Which but we're not. Are you like actually huge. taking some kind of genetic code and like pumping it into the mouse yep. and into the plant? Yeah. That's how they're doing it now. The way I did it with plants is I put a bacteria on them, and the bacteria infects the plants and delivers the gene. When was this technique became available? Oh, so long ago. That was this like my old? first research project twenty years ago. Okay, so yeah. this is interesting. Yeah. The technology is there on plants a long time ago. And Monsanto's in all honesty, yeah. GMO has happened for... The Incas were into GMO. People don't realize this. You can cross plants, make them tetraploidy, which makes them sterile. That's seedless watermelons and bananas. Mm -hmm. They've been genetically engineering plants for a long time. Just because so you don't use This is bacteria. connotation that it's bad. Do you think GMO is bad? You know, I mean, in certain contexts, you don't want us changing codes. I think in humans, doing genetic engineering is very dangerous. Yeah. In plants, I'm not as convinced. Mm -hmm. I mean, we need drought tolerant plants. If we want to keep procreating at the rate we do and sustain... No, 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 we need the food, right? To feed the world, yeah. you need to realize you need drought tolerant plants. Yeah. Yeah, you should work on that. Potato. I don't think it's bad. I don't think it's as bad as people make it out to be. That said, I am also, I've told you this, I'm very, I'm afforded the top produce, the top fresh fish, the top f food. So, you know, I mean, I don't have to buy GMO if I don't want to. Well, it's also like, to your point, almost everything is kind of like GMO, so it's confusing. Exactly. And that's kind <laughs> of a fine line. And if I'm, when I've spent time in India and I've seen the faces on those people, I don't think they're going to ask you if that rice was GMO. Meaning I like think they're, they're going to eat. Yeah. Because they're starving to death. Right. So I think that's this funny. is a very um, privileged opinion that people have in the United States. Well, yeah. Because we don't struggle as much as other uh, parts of the world. It's interesting. You just you went to France recently. 
and you were saying how f- everything is super delicious there, the fruits and the vegetables, like day and night. Couldn't understand it. it what, so is this good. because of this GMO thing? No. Like I we, think it's the sun. I heard the tomatoes. Oh, the sun is different there somehow? God, I guess. It's a great question. I heard the tomatoes, um, like they, we used to have every, all sorts of tomatoes, and they like started to, whatever they do to them, to make them red and easy to ship. And when they did that, they killed all the flavor. Like, that was a classic, uh, that's like an example I've heard of, like, why do tomatoes look great, taste bad? Fair question, yeah, or fair point. And so they don't I do don't that, know. right? In Europe, they're not allowed to do that. Or is it just like small farms everywhere? You know, yeah, France, and as well as Italy, are not shipping out their best produce or their best wine or anything else. Right. They're keeping it for themselves. Nom, nom, nom. They yeah. do. Yeah. And we here... And they feed themselves all very well. What do you think we do here? We just, we're all about the dollar. Well, we export a lot and we import a lot. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's more of the convenience. And and you're not going to Walmart and stocking up like you are here or there. You're going to a market and, yeah. and you're paying the price. Yeah. Which isn't too bad. It's a different lifestyle. It's just different. The other funny thing was, is, you know, I went to the supermarket numerous times. I spent like a few weeks in France. Yeah. You don't have a You don't have a bag? They're outlawed. You just carry things in your hands. <laughs> there is no bag. Here you can pay. 10 you can cents. buy a, a carry bag from the store, yeah, probably. Cannabis, like a real one. But there is no option for you to plastic buy a plastic or paper. Bag. Yeah, none. Plus, has been gone there for a long time. Yeah, yeah, it's been out long, which is huge. Food's good, great lifestyle. I mean, they're not as productive as we are in terms of what I do scientifically. I work in a rigorous environment, and it's very cutthroat. I don't see it happening there. Not like this. No. no. And, well, and the mentality is different. Don't the best researchers come here to the States? Like, we still have they the do. best institutions now. My re- my director is British. He came here yeah. and he spent most of his career here. Yeah. For and, good reason. And that's still happening today, like yeah. foreigners. Despite our discrepancy in our, our military budget to our non science, you know, or we still spend so much more on science. We do because we're such another scale. As long as we can sustain that, you know, I think good researchers will come to the U.S. But if that ever gets tight enough or low enough, you know, they'll leave. They'll go. They'll go to Europe or wherever they can get the money. Yeah, interesting. That's why we need to keep them here. We have to keep that not just because of their minds or what they bring, because of the patents, the discoveries. We want the best researchers working here. It's fundamental for our of group. course, right? The pharmaceutical industry makes an insane amount of money annually, and those patents drive that. Right. If we don't fund that, we lose all that money. Yeah. Germany will take it up. And yeah, yeah, they got Britain it Britain will there. take it up. Yeah. Germany's huge. Yeah. They've got a lot. They like to work hard, too. So does the Swiss. With Roche, they've done very well. I feel like they want to chill a little bit, the Swiss, but <laughs> we'll see what uh, our friend... Well, they're not hurting, so... I would like to live in Switzerland. Who wouldn't? I went to Zurich just recently. It was beautiful. It's a nice place. It's stunning. But I'm okay here in La Jolla, too. It's, it's hot today. It's the audience. It is a bit hot for degrees. us. We're not... No, I see. Yeah, we're not used to this. I had to go to the beach. Swim. You took a swim just to cool off? Yeah. That's what's up. Yeah. Watch football all morning. Liverpool won. Man City lost. You are a big Liverpool fan. People don't know. Yep. 15 points up. And Man City's in second with 10. Five games and we have a perfect start. 
It's pretty impressive. Has that ever happened to you guys before? I don't think so. Mm. I mean, the last time we won was 90-something. Do you think it's everybody's kind of like on the let's win this train? I think we're all in for the league. I see our, our coach taking a break for Champions League on Tuesday. What do you mean he's going to take a break? I think he's going to rest our stars and... Not all of them, but just some of them, because I think the league is so important right now. We want to win the league. Well, it's the thing to win, right? Yeah. Who won? Did you win Champions League last year? We did. <laughs> so now this is the elusive title. But we haven't won the league since... It can't be even 18 years. I think it's 28 years. I think it's like 2000... 28 years. It's been no, a long time. The 90s. It's pretty exciting then. To... Do you think you got a shot? Yes. <laughs> How is this season going to be different than last season? Well, I think Man City had an unbelievable run. In the beginning, too. like It's almost something you couldn't close the gap yeah. at the end. And, but I think both teams are going to struggle more this season, including Liverpool. I don't think we're going to have such a dominant performance, despite our start. I think both teams are going to drop way more points. Yeah. And I don't know that it'll be a two-horse race. There'll be maybe some other teams involved. But it's going to be very difficult to win. I was looking at our fixtures coming up. We have Man United. We have Chelsea. Okay, and yeah. we have Napoli in Champions League. It is not a friendly schedule. And they're very tight in between. So, so that'll, be a good test. Would, that'll be a good test for you guys. It will. And Jurgen Klopp would have to be a genius to make it through the next month or two without taking losses. It's impossible. You think a coach? Yeah, it's something I don't understand because I never played on a sports team. Like we assign a lot of value to the coach in terms of like I guess strategic decisions and like who wins or loses. But then like a player has an amazing game and like does a hat trick and wins the game. What did the coach? I guess the coach put that player in, but not like okay, but that luck happened. You know what I mean? So like why? Do you think the coach is, really deserves all that? Uh, I don't know if responsibility yeah. is the word. Yeah, I think personnel management is very important. It's important. Just because, like, the amount of games you have to play and the intensity you have to put up mm-hmm. has to be, you know, shown by the players that you put on that field. So personnel management, like, whenever they make a sub and then the other team scores, you failed. Right. Or you make a sub and your guy scores a hat trick, you're a hero. Right. So that kind of thing is really tough to do. Um, He's obviously motivating and talking to his that's players. That's the other part. Is, we don't see that. Is the camaraderie within the team that certain managers can command, and he can. Right. He has it. Klopp has it. You're in Klopp is a very good... You're part of my team, yeah. and you're going to do your part, and you're not special, but you're not below anyone, so this is your role. And together we can become the best. Exactly. And, yeah, interesting. That's hard to do. Especially with superstars, social media, the amount of money. They're making $5 million annually. Yeah, that's crazy. So, if they don't like you and you're not happy, you can be like, fuck you. Like, straight up. <laughs> I don't like it. This is my role. Are there different leadership styles? Yes. For coaches? Look at Mourinho versus Goriota versus Klopp. Yeah. What is or are some differences there? Yeah, Mourinho is an absolute bull. If you strike him wrong, ah. you're done. Yeah, you're absolutely done. Yeah, you're on. You're on the crops. And uh, 
Pep tries to rally his team, but he also has the benefit of getting like the best players and he right. commands top performances out of them as well. Klopp's a bit more of a humble man, I would say. He's a bit more of a... Yeah, that's why I like him. People fail. He's accepting those kinds of things. But if mm-hmm. it, if you're not right, certain ones will just ch- chop you. It's pretty competitive. Do you think there's parallels to the science world? Like, different lab leaders? Yeah. Have different styles? I mean, the stuff I hear about emails and phone calls and even what I see... I mean, they're absolutely brutal. Just aggressive and angry mm-hmm. and real mean. That could happen. I'll ruin your career kind of thing. Unless you do what I need Unless to do. Unless you're here on Saturday. And, mm-hmm. and I guess I could... I guess, yeah, it's interesting. Leadership, you know, I'm kind of fascinated with leadership. How it spans, how it occurs in, like, work. And I mean, I guess sports is work for those people. But there's sports teams that don't get paid anything. But still, someone's going to kind of... We have this desire, I think... For a leader to help us. Yeah. Leadership styles are very different. Mm. Some people bully and some people just help. And then there's the in-between. I'm all about like helping each individual become the best. I think that's the goal, right? To get the best out of people you can. And that's hard to do, you know. Yeah. Because some people need to be told, others don't. It's hard to find the line. Would you? So you would you would you are you gonna bet on Liverpool winning? If I went to Vegas, <laughs> I would, you would probably place a put bet. a bet down. But I'm not gonna get online and probably go for it. It's too. Uh, it's also so much effort to go online these days and to do anything. <laughs> well, no, yeah, it's not that, and it's also, I don't know, I don't jinx it. <laughs> Yeah, you were like, I've never bet really. I'm not going to fucking fuck it up. I just want to win. How many games are there in the the total 38. 20 teams home and away. 20 teams home and away. And you guys have done five of the 38. So this is just the start here. Yeah, if you get through the Christmas period and you're in first place, then you can can be happy-ish. You can't be complacent. And what does that mean, like, as a fan, not to be complacent? Or do you mean, like, the players can't be complacent? Yeah, I mean, as a fan, I <laughs> like, I don't think to we do. have too much input. But as a player, as a coach, you need to be cutthroat. And, and even Urgency. in these games, that yeah, like today we're playing Newcastle. Three one, you guys won. But they beat Man City last time they played them. So maybe so, you guys just better than Man City. In the moment, but they can beat you any day, and any team can. And you know, soccer is brutal like that. You can dominate a game and still play. Right, one game is a game, yeah. So you gotta fight, you gotta dig. Hmm. I was stressed out at 9 a.m. this morning. When you were watching them? My mom's calling me worried about my brother during the 200-mile race, and I'm like, Mom, I'm stressed out yeah, about the soccer about that game. I'm like, I can't focus what on was this? How was the score? First 0-0, zero, zero, and then... They were up one nothing. They were up one nothing, and then you guys came back and tied and then increased the lead. Yeah. Then we got to 3-1. And it was only in the last... 15, 20 minutes, we got the third goal. That's when you can kind of take a breath, maybe. I was like, the girls are crying, <laughs> waking up, I'm upset, I'm stressed out. It's a tough life. That's why I say the whole thing, you know, like pharmaceutical targets, the 23 and me. 
all this information, all these drugs are worth a lot of money. Yeah, let's talk about that for a second. <laughs> like, uh... 23andMe 23 23andMe, for people that don't know, they do like a... You do a spit test? I mean, everybody probably knows. You spit on something, you send it in. Now, do you know that they... they they sequence your whole genome or just selective things? Yeah, so what they, what they do right now, great question. They amplify and give you your data back. Okay, so you got yeah. that, which is just all these random non-specific genes that say you're from Italy or What does Africa. it mean to amplify? Oh, they do like an enzymatic reaction from your DNA code. So you have all this DNA and they have these things called primers and they'll just focus on certain genes and they'll amplify them if they're present. Okay. It, based on the sequence. So they're looking for specific things. Yeah. Specific And so genes. you have, um, you know, Jewish descent. Yeah, yeah. That'll yeah. come up. Yeah. The problem is, is these genes are not carried through an entire population. There's polymorphisms. That's what makes adaptation occur. Right. So you either have or you don't, but it doesn't mean you're Jewish or you're not. You don't think it's as real as it is? Because they when you're like, oh, 90% chance you're... I a thousand percent think it's not as real as what they're telling you. Yeah, yeah. Because they don't have access to the full population. Well, as I was saying, those connections in the brain, yeah. as well as the genes in your body, this is a very big library. Yeah. And just because you have one doesn't mean you're Jewish. Right. But what if they... There's probably a thousand, if not a million markers. Yeah. But they're, they're working off of one. Well, what if they find like a thousand people and they look at all of them and all thousand have Never happens. And they're like, oh, all of these guys are supposed to be Jewish. And look, they all have this marker. Well, I can tell you maybe on, you have 99% of you have heart tissue protein. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Heart tissue protein. Right. We, we all have Bad parts. gene. Yeah. But no, there's no Jew gene <laughs> that is conserved yeah. like that across the population. Yeah. It's impossible. So then, are they lying? Like they must run a test. They're not sort. lying. What kind of population are they looking at? What do I need? Seventy percent? Isn't this true? Is that what it is? I mean, I don't know. Well, it's different for each gene. Yeah. Each marker will have a percentage. Percentage. But then you need the database to do that, and they just yeah, made the world pay them to tell them bullshit and access all this information. All this human genetic data. Which. More importantly than the what we're talking about now is important in the context of if you have Huntington's disease, yeah, or if you have an autism gene or something, yeah. uh, you know, autoimmune disorder that we need yeah. to identify. That code is the crucial part of it, and we just paid it, sold it to them, gave because them the right money to do it, yes, and gave away everything except they're not supposed to identify who you are, and who knows, Facebook leaked. Yeah. If things, they leak. Things leak, right? Things leak. It's frustrating. Because as a researcher... So they can resequence the gene gnome again and... Oh, and they the, do. And so they I, do. I didn't get to that part. So they do that part, which I said, and they hand feed you. Yeah, here's your website. You have, you know, Justin is part Russian. Yeah. Um, you must be Justin Zimmerman. Zipinaman. If I gave them my sequence, I should come up part Russian, right? Right. Do you think it would happen? I'm curious if they could do it. Yeah, it's not going to happen because I'm not going to do it, but yeah. I would be curious too. <laughs> is your, do you think anyone in your family is going to do it? Because that's the other problem right now. Someone, I know. And that's, like, that would upset me. If sure. your close relatives give away 
99% of I don't care if Krista does it, but if Cameron did it. Well, Krista shares no genetic code with you. <laughs> no, just my nephew. But, um... Yeah, your nephew's at wait, some point I will, say will be sequenced. The, the, um, the part of them sequencing the information will be sold to the highest bidder. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Are you, sh- are you sure? Yeah, I hope that's not true. What are they going to do with it? Sell it if they can. And that's allowed though, or because you say they're gonna de-identify you. You signed it, and they're just gonna make like a, a things. You're gonna they're gonna unlock secrets and how to solve issues, and then sell that to the pharma company. Oh, it'll go drug. like this. It'll go like this. I got um. I have liver cancer. Fuck. I have the specific kind with this genetic makeup. Yeah. I need to mine this database for the continuity of this specific tumor suppressor, if it's present or not. Okay. Do you know how invaluable that is? I could identify 10 different genes in that sequence and you could tell me which one was relevant because you have the largest well, I mean, data can, set. They can do it. That's awesome. Right? Of the world. Because I'm glad now. No, can... it's not great. Why not? Because then you just handed it to Pfizer who's going to sell it to you for half a million dollars. What's the other alternative? At least they're solving me, the problem. Us. Your friends. Because you're a research scientist? Yeah, we just made it private. It's going to the top bidder, and you're going to pay for it. It's going to bankrupt your family if they can. And then right uh, to the point where you can just make it before you just fall off. Yeah, I don't want to think about it. That's the reality. Number one cause of bankruptcy in the U.S. medical care. The pharmaceutical industry now owns the most valuable data set ever constructed in the world. They have the Death Star, and we paid them to do it. So because we're all so. So this. Un- Educated not, you know, not and uninformed. I guess I don't understand what the alternative is. If I want those drugs to be made, it should be public database. I like just that. like the human genome. Make was. everybody do it. Yeah. Well, I should have access to mine that. If I think I have a target for your pancreatic cancer, I should be able to check it. Right. Versus some company that's going to pay that Merck top dollar and then sell it to us. Right. And cause the whole medical industry to be outrageous and premiums to go up. It's unfair. Yeah, there's a lot of money in the how they did this care industry. There is. Yeah, there's. Yet there's like all this bankruptcy. Like hospitals are closing. Rural hospitals are closing. Really? Yeah, I think it's where in like Ohio and shit. I don't know the states. We can look it up. I'll put it to the show notes. But I guess there's also these big corporations that like I guess pharma and whatever. That are making a ton of money. The health insurance. I'm gonna look up some industry uh, statistics. I wonder. I think they have fairly high profit margins as well. They're big. My brother's been in Amgen for 15 years. They've done very well. What does Amgen do? They make a bunch of arthritis drugs, cancer drugs, and uh, heart medication. Boom. 15 years. Yes. Yeah. Complete success. And then he started Kite Pharmaceuticals that was just bought by, I'm going to mispronounce it, Gilead yeah. for $12.5 billion. They yeah. sell you a kit to target your cancer. It's called CAR-T. Half a million dollars for the therapy. That's crazy. Huh? It doesn't cost them half a million dollars to make that. Oh, therapy. I understand that. <laughs> I mean, those... Everything you guys do, nothing costs that much money, right? It's all because of the research costs that everything is inflated. Pharmaceutical industry. Do you 
Should we edit that out or? Thumbs down. <laughs> Fine. We're gonna run with it. But you should pay me a lot of money to work for you. Yeah, well. I mean you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna bring value to them. <laughs> That's what I tell them. So they'll be they'll be happy at that. Um, tell me you have like what's your diet? Dude, my uh, breakfast today at noon was um, avocado toast with uh, arugula and egg. Delicious. It was great. Yeah. I threw onions on it too. Cooked onions, caramelized, just straight raw, raw dog. Yum yum yum. It was really good. And last night I did um, carnitas. Yeah. Threw them in like a tortilla and some cheese. Yeah. yeah. They were good. I've missed El Ranchero though. I've been yeah. there forever. Oh, but we didn't go there. We ended up going somewhere else. But your diet though, it's like you like to eat whole foods. Not a lot of processed stuff. Yeah, no. Super clean. No. Salads. Salad veggies. Veggies all the time. I don't Do have, you a have a taste for sweets. for diet? No. You just kind of, something has, there's no, like, nothing is written down. You just do whatever you, you make Too the meals beer. you want to make. Too much beer is your diet. This is my bad diet. Yeah, food-wise, I don't know. Did I tell you um, at Rio's soccer tournament the other weekend, like a month ago, Will Farrell was a referee? <laughs> yeah, man. Like, I guess this is up in Thousand Oaks, and one of his kids, I think, is in it or whatever. And so, Rio's soccer game was refereed by Will Farrell. <laughs> was he fair? Yeah, Cameron said he was hilarious. That it wasn't like. He would make the wrong call and just own it. <laughs> this is uh, a taste test of Let's see. the La Bolina Tenetta, product of Italy, 100% Nibilo wine, rosé wine. This is from Gary V's Wine Club. Thank you, Gary V, for giving me all this wisdom. I will repay you by keep paying for your wine club. Actually, that's good. I don't like rosé. I'm not a rosé guy. That's nice. This is this is good. Yeah, it's like uh, it's Italian. It's, it's refreshing. Like it Italian. It's not sweet. It's not too sweet, which is my main problem. Oh, we do a little diet. Yeah. So you, I mean, you, you, you stay fit. How do you stay fit? Exercise. Yeah, how do you exercise? Every day. How? Like, what's going on? Surf, in your soccer. I played soccer yesterday. Surf the day before. Hiked blacks. Do yoga like you do. Sure. And I like to jog. Well, I don't like it. I jog. So That's my least favorite. Is jogging. Is jogging. But I like soccer. Like yesterday I scored a hat trick. That's fun. But I thought I was going to barf. <laughs> I played 40 minutes of soccer. And I was thinking about my brother who's running a 200 mile race oh right now. God. And he's killing it. And I was about to die. Did you grow up like... Working out every day, like running around. Yeah, total active. You know, just out there running. So when did you make it? Like now, I have to. When was the switch? Of like, okay, now I have to just work out every day. Never. I still. I love it. It just happens. You know me. Yeah, I wake up. Yeah. I want to go surf. That's my favorite time of the day. In the morning workout. Uh yeah. Or it's not a workout. Sometimes I go at noon to soccer or to soccer like yesterday was at noon and then the day before I surf blacks at like mid morning. Yeah. Go to work first and like. No, it's good. I mean, I'm obviously trying to work out a lot more as well. You work out all the time. 
Yeah, I, I, I try. Okay, you got more than me. I, I, I do it, but like still. You don't like it. I like it. I like it, but it's a, it's a mind shift, and it's, it's easy to let it slip away from you if you're not careful. Sure. And well, then you, working then you go is dates, too. You go two days and you go three days without working out. They like become, you know, it's. I mean, I spent weeks without working. Well, then I get mentally unfit. I would say my workouts are not based on just, uh, you know, fitness. It's based for mental. You know what I mean? Just to be out there on water, running, and it feels good. That's why I do it. Yeah, it does feel good. But in, but do you never wake up in the morning like, oh, I don't want to do this? I don't want to go to work. I don't want to go yes. So then what, how do you, what is push a tip you that? give to people that, to help them push through that as well? Oh. Just do it. OCD. Don't think about it. My my best thing is just do it. Just don't. When you have those thoughts, don't think. Put on your shoes and just don't think. Yeah, because you know afterwards it's the better thing. Oh You're yeah. Happier. After working, yeah, I work. I went to the rec center today. I felt so much better. Afterwards. Exactly. Exactly. I didn't want to go. I woke up late today. Yeah. I slept in too. Like I, woke, I got up like eleven thirty. Like slowly, blah blah blah. So your brother, how old is he? Forty eight. Forty eight. Years old. He won his last 100-mile race, and he's about to win a 200 if he can pull it. But he has another day. So, he has right, to win. so your more. brother is a... Has he always been a long-distance runner? You know, in high school, he he got on, you know, cross-country. What's country. his name? Cameron. Cameron. Cameron Zimmerman? Yeah. Shout-out, Cameron Zimmerman. We are rooting for you. Keep it going, brah. Come on, brah. The Powell Cast Nation. Cameron Zimmerman. 200 miles? You've told me that this is a 200-mile race that they run without, like, going to sleep. No. I just... No? Yeah, they don't sleep. How is that possible? He... I guess... I I just found out... Oh, he's at 112 miles. I learned that Krista said he he took an hour nap. I didn't know that was possible. He took an hour nap. Thank God. He took an hour nap. And now he's at almost 120 miles. All around Lake Tahoe. He's doing real well. This is crazy. What kind of pace is he on, do you know? I think he's running like four miles per hour. A hundred miles yeah. every 24 hours. A hundred miles every 24 hours. So he's more than halfway now. So by noon tomorrow, he should be done. It's about five miles an hour, no, four miles. Four to five miles yeah. per hour. It's crazy. And that's basically a... Uh, between a Look at 12 the photo and a 15 minute mile. <laughs> that boy. Yeah, wow. It says 0.3 miles. Tr- oh, he's, now he's at 3.1. He's just slowing down a bit. Oh, man. That's not healthy. <laughs> Do you. Like, why? It, oh, must, why? it must hurt at some point. Like, I can't imagine doing a marathon. That sounds painful to me. A half marathon, also painful. I can do a 5K, and really, I mean, I should do more of those. But how can... Why is he... I knew someone else that does... Uh, my my friend's husband, he does, like, 50 ultra 100K ultra marathons. You know, skinny guy, I guess, or whatever. Just kind of, like... And she calls him, like, a little crazy. I can't remember that. <laughs> I love you, bro. 
We love you, man. But you, uh, you have another level. How many people are competing? Any idea? Like five or a hundred thousand? A thousand people are trying to run this two hundred mile thing. Yeah, but I don't think many succeed. Yikes! And they, how, what do they eat? Like you will eat a burrito. Anything you want. While you run, you have a what does cup he get of the soup, food? and you keep running, and you just eat. What does he get the food? They have it's all it's very expensive. There's medical tents, there's um, food tents, all of those. So whatever you want. What's this thing called? And you'll eat a pizza. You can even eat a pizza. Yeah, like whatever you want. It is the Tahoe Two Hundred. The Tahoe Two Hundred, everybody. Yeah, so I mean, I guess I should be really happy with my life because I'm not running. It's an endurance run ultra. Yes. Yeah, I would guess that's pretty endurancey. God damn, he's not far behind. So, those are the first place, and Cameron's number fifty-two. He's in fourth place. But yeah. he wanted to win it. He won his last hundred. And so his goal was to win it. And Chris is already starting to say it. He needs to realize that maybe that might not happen. But he can win it. He's only in fourth. There's all, there's still so much time. So 200 miles and 100K. So like there's... 200 mile thing is ridiculous. He's in fourth. I'm proud of him. Way to go, bro. Good job. Dude, you're out of your mind. But We're impressed. Get stuck in, bud. Hang in there. You got another 100 miles almost. (laughs) That's like running past LA. That's farther than he lives from here. It's like running to Santa Barbara. Oh my goodness. We have two seconds. Thank you, America. Thank you, America. No, we're not... Well, Go we have, for science. We have two segments we haven't touched science upon. Science is real. Hot tips. So what's your hot tip? Don't give your gene away to 283 and me. Uh, that would be my number one. Don't do it, right? And number two would be don't take a sleeping pill and a laxative at the same time. <laughs> it's a solid tip. <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh, yeah. yeah, that's good. Yeah, don't. That sounds really bad. Yeah, don't do that. But if you want to make a prank on someone... Don't do 23 and me. If I want to somehow use my genetic code to help myself and society, what would I do? Yeah, um, um, not NIH, but um, PubMed. If you go on PubMed, there would be locations for genetic code entries with you know databases set up for academia. UCSD also would have some good ones and that kind of thing. But don't don't give your money to a private co- or don't give your genetic code to a private company and pay them money for it, please. Um, hey, I think that's an interesting hot tip. You know, I was always curious about it, but I haven't done it, and I I think after learning more, for now, I'm gonna take a pause on it. Until Just I, wait until I research a little more. I mean, we shouldn't be doing genetic engineering on humans, and we're doing it currently. So that's, that's sure. also I something. Mean, look, China will do whatever it takes to get ahead. That so. China has done that, and that's very scary. You should all be worried about that. Don't <laughs> give away your genetic code and don't engineer your babies. Um, Justin's hot tips. <laughs> I mean, I'm sold. Um, the other thing is, I still got my machine here that Elon Musk uh, kindly 
you know, spawn. Let me use. We can teleport anywhere we want for like a couple of minutes just to see what it looks like. Where would you like to take us? Oh, wow. I'll load it up here. I got the liquid. Thanks, Elon. It's a really nice guy. Beautiful alien scientist, Elon Musk. Maybe he is the super AI that's come back from the future to help us. No, I absolutely think he's a prodigy of a supermodel, and he's done some great things with his work. Yeah, but it's not about him. He's just letting me buy the device. Where do you want to go? Where do I want to go? Man, that's a good one. Been a lot of places, stepped on a lot of ledges. You have. I think in a mo any moment of time. Yeah, it doesn't. Well, just recently I was watching the... Um, Pro surfing tour in Tahiti. Yeah, I was. I went to Topu as well. Have you ever been there? I I have not. And right. and I've been well, to Tahiti. Describe it for us. What is that like? Topu or Tahiti is stunning. I've dove there, and you know, it's just most one of the. You most, have been to Tahiti. Yeah, but I haven't been to Chopu. So what's Tahiti versus Topu then? Chopu is a break in Tahiti. Okay. And they call it the end of the road, and it's very remote. And Chopu in Tahitian means to take your head off. Because it will kill you. Okay, like, be respectful. It's not a wave I actually want to surf. Right. I just want to visit. Yeah. It is that scary. It's stuntman stuff. I watched it the other day, last weekend, this very day on Saturday around this time. And as I was watching it, my heart started getting, like, like I was playing in a soccer game. Yeah. Because I was scared for the people. And there's going to be a meme of this girl where it just pans off to the, the channel. And I mean, the fear in this woman's face, elevated by the sounds of everyone in, in this moment. I mean, it's a very crazy place in the world. It's so beautiful, but also so dangerous. I'd like to go to Chopu. Yes. And during that swell. Yeah. Just and stay to on the see... boat. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to be on the way of it. Yeah. No. It's I just want to see it. Because, you know, I'm in the water three days a week. I want to see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've seen a lot of crazy shit. Like, so loud and beautiful and scary. But, I don't know. I've just seen How'd really you get into surfing? You know, my family, all my grandparents' farm was on the ocean in Australia and South Australia. And actually in Victoria, not South Australia. And uh, it's big ocean there. And I haven't been going there since I was a kid. And my mom took us to the beach all the time in Ocean City, Maryland. And... Yeah, I was always in waves and stuff, and then I didn't get into it until I moved to San Diego after high school, and then since I got in the water, I'm absolutely fixed. I don't think I've missed. Do you, you remember know, your first time you went out? Twelve years old in Australia. What about? Well, yeah, I probably bodyboarded in Maryland before that, but before I surfed, I was a twelve years old. But then you didn't really, you got really into it when you were here. When I was like nineteen. And there was a break there, right? Like, you didn't surf a lot, obviously, when you were in Colorado. There's nowhere to surf there. Right. So, only when I traveled to Australia, I'd get in the water. But always, I was, you know, in the water kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Swimming. Mm -hmm. But I didn't really surf till 19. All right. 20 years later, I fucking... Still love it. I can't get enough. Why? What is it about it? Um, Kind of like yoga in the sense, just being out there. I don't know. Just nice. It's salty. You know how we're swimming yesterday and the sun's on you? It's not always like that. It's cold and it's windy. Yeah. But it, it's fast. That's the thing. It's 35 miles per hour fast on something without an engine. 
That's really fun. When you get on a wave, you're going 35 miles an hour. Plus. Plus. On a big one. Yeah, that's... You're flying. You're fucking flying. You're like Silver Surfer. Straight up. Straight up. But it's so hard to get to that point. Ten years. Of constant work. Constant work. Lots of... A lot of abuse... Just, yeah, don't forget the wave. Sometimes you, you get up, but then the wave slams you, and you just like end up. In sometimes the water. I'll put in twenty minutes just in the morning before work, getting my ass beat to shit, <laughs> and I'm sitting there going, "What the fuck am I doing?" That sucks. Yeah. Then I'll go into work and get yelled at, and you're like, "What?" Again, like this is the, the ocean just yelled at me. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Topu then is this wave. Describe it for us. Like it's. It's just bigger than anything else. Fatter, juicier. Yeah, it's complete deep water onto an absolute shallow reef. Ledge. We, we'd almost call it a slab. Okay. Which is right on the edge of makeable. So it, this deep water just absolutely... There's no back to the wave. Normally waves kind of build up and they have a back to them. This one is flat off the back and it just throws so much water off of the shallow reef. And it is absolutely deftifying. How, what's, do you talk about heights of waves, right? How, yeah. How, what's this height? Oh, remember, we were at Pipeline. Yeah. And that beautiful sunset night. Yeah. And we walked all the way up that beach and it was throwing 20 foot plus. And, and guys were making it. Right. They were just throwing themselves down there. This is the same, I mean, it can get to that size plus bigger, but it is so much more dangerous. Which is funny because you know more people die at pipeline annually. People Six go. people yeah. die at that break a year. Crazy. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. People died the week before you and I got there. That's messed up. Pipeline, North Shore, Oahu. If you've never been, highly recommended. Try the food trucks. Try the shrimp. Try the shrimp. Try the, you know, check out the food land. They got pokey. Um... It's a yeah. North Shore is a really interesting Hawaiian place, different than anything else. Special place for still different. You know, still very like hasn't like the people people from Google Venice office will travel there and you can recognize them, but there's not that many of them. Most of them, most people are just trying to get by. Yeah, man. To live there as a local, you have to work a lot of jobs. And it's hard. Yeah, there's not much industry there. No, there's turtle bear. <laughs> Um, and so what about Tahiti like so this wave is cool it's big it's I mean it's awesome dangerous super dangerous but beautiful to watch so beautiful and they tow you out there too Um, no no no, people if you have money otherwise you you paddle when I was in Fiji and Tahiti I paddled 20-30 minutes of time that's a 30 minute paddle for me chopu if you have a jet ski or you have a sponsor, but remember, you're in the middle of nowhere. Well, yeah. I mean, World Surfing League, when they compete, they I think they... They do. They get them out. They have a ride. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, for sure no one's going to do it. I actually them. don't think it's World Surf League. I think their sponsors drive them out. Oh, really? Is that what it is? Yeah. Like Quicksilver takes you out. What's the heat like? Is it, did you spend any time on the island? Yeah. I've been going there only because, you know, when I've been traveling to see my family in Australia, you it was a required by. stop at the day. At the day you could make it, right? You had to do it. And and then I made some vacations there. It was really beautiful. I prefer Fiji just because of the price of everything. But it was cheaper there? Yeah, well, it's cheaper. It, it is cheaper. It's not French Polynesia. 
So, what's Fiji? It's own nation state. Yeah, and they're fantastic. They say yeah. "bula," just like "love you." Oh, they're very welcoming. What's the food like in Tahiti? Oh my god, seafood. Both are just fresh fish and yeah. pineapples. It tastes like they're not normal. Oh, like they're genetically Hawaiian, modified. Okay, Polynesian cuisine. Okay. Oh my Just god. so sugary and sweet. So and delicious. sweet. And then you're hot and you want that sweetness. It's so good. I remember eating there for a week in Fiji for $90. And I ate and drank after surfing four hours a day as much as I could possibly consume. Right. For $90. <laughs> That's great. 90 For a week. For a week. Yeah. I'm Every day, a free buffet at the hotel. And it was a nice place. It wasn't a hotel. Yeah. It was bungalows, you know. Yeah. But it was insane. On a beach somewhere close to the ocean break, or the surf break. Far from the airport, a couple hours away. Dirt cheap. How'd you get buses? The buses? I, I paid for the shuttle to the hotel. So car ride, yeah. It was brutal. Flew in from Australia in the middle of the night. And then you're on the car for hours and just like trying to make it. <laughs> then make but then you wake up and you're like, oh, you fucking kidding me? There's no one here. Yeah. There's, you know, some people that are cool riding horses and as much food as you can eat. Yeah. And drink. Play ping pong when you're not surfing. Water temperature is. Too warm. 80. Too warm. Too warm. A little molasses. With a heat. But I had AC in the unit, outdoor shower. $30? No, not 30 a night. Maybe 50 a night? Who knows? I'm sure it was a good deal. Super cheap. Yeah, that's. Uh... The Hideaway in Fiji. Do you remember the name? Stay the Hideaway. Fuck yeah. The Hideaway in Fiji. When did you go there last? It's been a while, no? Well, I was just not. Wow. Sh- well, I don't know. Australia. My last Australia trip was probably a bit ago. Maybe 2010. Coral Coast, baby. Dude, it's so sick. Fiji Highway Resort and Spa. Right now, you can get it for $82 a night. What's the rating? Four stars. Those people don't know what they're talking about. Pay that $80 a night and have the best time of your life with a brief break right out front. On Queens Road. Exactly. That's the one. It should be 4.5. Well, I mean, who knows what... I don't even know what rating this showed me, Google, when I Googled it. Maybe it's Google's rating. Do you trust Google's rating? Is it some hotels.com? I didn't do trust Google's You like Google's ratings? Yeah. They're probably a little more accurate. I like the inflation of Yelp. It makes me feel better. <laughs> um, no, see, now I feel like I've been to Fiji and to Topu and to the pipeline real quick. I've been to Topu. I want to go. No, I mean, I've, I've traveled there using... Elon Musk's beautiful teleportation transformation device. Oh, that's right. Transformation, teleportation, brought to you by Elon Musk. So, I appreciate that. Hey, thanks for coming on the podcast. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for being listening. You've been here. Do you want people to find you at all? Like, do you have any plugs? Any yeah, media? no, not at all. Stay classy. <laughs> you like... Um, how about this? Let's promote Bo the Doucher on Twitter. Bo the Doucher. Follow Not Bo. on Twitter, on Instagram. I'm Instagram, sorry. yeah. Bo the Doucher. B-E-A-U. I'll, I'll put it in the show notes. He's a beautiful dog. He should have more followers. I saw he posted a picture uh, yesterday. He has a lot of zany antics. 
he is a pretty look. He's been so good though. They didn't bark at all. A couple of sighs. Did you hear him sigh a couple of times? Or he went. <sighs> He's like, yeah. It's hard being a dog. Living the good life. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you guys. Thank you for listening. Oh, that's him, my man. Podcast. Podcast. Oh,